The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome to the Hoop Ball NBA DFS Today podcast. Today is Wednesday, December 11th, and we are are going to be going over in depth the full 11 game NBA slate. Uh, great contest across the industry. So let's get this rocking and rolling. Uh, I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am joined with my number one partner in crime here, a very well respected shark in the DFS NBA industry. Mr. Mike Apatria, how are you, Mike? Coach, I miss you, man. It's been a it's been a few days, man. Whenever we get this long break between our shows, I you know I, I go and look, and I'm just thinking to myself, I can't wait to see this guy in a chicken suit, and I start you know getting mental images. I start missing you, so I'm, I'm glad we could do a show. I've been busy, man. Been crazy, crazy busy. Um, had to scale back some of my play over the past probably about week and a half or two weeks, just because simply, oh, um, I just I've been so swamped with just day to day stuff, uh, life stuff. Uh, running around trying to take care of my little sister, bringing her to the doctor's appointments and school, doing all this other kind of stuff. So uh, I'm keeping busy, uh, but I'm you know I'm starting to see the the light at the end of the tunnel, and I'm looking forward to it, especially on this 11 game card. This is going to be a fun one. That's fantastic. Yeah, this might be the biggest gap we've had in doing a podcast together since the preseason started. So it's uh, yeah, we can't let this happen very often, man. I was I was flying solo uh, last couple of couple of days, but uh, glad to have you back, man. I missed you as well. Glad to glad to be back. It's it's awesome because we got this fantastic team now, Coach. I mean, when we we're talking preseason, uh, you know, there was know. A, there was a two man show, and now we're uh, we're talking about a few extra, few extra, you know, guys on board, and they really do take some of that load off. So if I need a day, or if you need a day, or whatever it may be. We know that we could trust uh, this ship being guided by them. You know what I mean? These guys, I feel confident with their word, with their opinion, uh, just as though it would be my own. So um, I love having them on there. And then a shout out to Miles, shout out to uh, you know Andy uh, over there in the forums, and shout out to Andrew. All three of them, absolutely great guys. Everybody does a great job, man. And and we have it. It's so nice, you know. First year uh, doing this seven day a week coverage. And, uh, you know, we were, we're so fortunate to have those two, uh, especially, uh, you know, on-air NBA pros with this as well. It's, this has been great. And, and I, you know, I just want to give a shout-out to, uh, you know, all the, the listeners out there. We've been getting a lot more responses on Twitter, a lot of feedback, a lot of positive statements, a lot more people, uh, you know, subscribing, rating, reviewing, just awesome stuff, man. It's this is what we were hoping uh, would would happen and take off, and uh, it's it's going great. So we want to just keep giving winners out there, and uh, you know I've got a good. I had mentioned to you before the show I've got a good sweat going, and uh, hopefully uh, the folks listen to me uh, on. Actually, I did the show this morning for today's card, and guys are doing really really well so far. So that's exciting. Absolutely, man. Um, I, I I know I had some similar plays. Uh, we were talking a little bit before on air about you know some of the high ownership um, and yeah. it being a little bit surprising compared to some of the most recent slates. But it was a four game slate, and there was uh, 
you know, not too many priced up options. So everybody kind of had that mid-tier approach. And, you know, when you have some money left on the table, we've talked about it a bunch of times, people are going to spend it. And that's some way you could get your edge, just leaving a couple extra bucks on the table. Yeah, you, you really, you know, when you have the, the smaller slates, you can't, uh, everybody thinks that, you know, it's like real money, you know, leave that couple hundred bucks there. Don't worry about it. Play who you think's going to do well. There's there's no doubt about it. But uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. And, and hopefully I'll get to late night sweat this last game here uh, when we get done with the show. We, as, as always, uh, in general, do the show the night before, as our listeners know. So we'll be, uh, you know, giving you all the information uh, that we have in front of us. And then, uh, again, you know, three-step process. Listen to us in the morning on the way to work, at lunch, uh, throughout the day. Start building that shell lineup, getting, you know, your thoughts in place, especially on an 11-game slate like this. And then uh, listen to all of the news throughout the day uh, on Twitter Follow us, uh, hoop-ball.com forums, follow that. And, and you know, you got to really ride that stuff right down to uh, lock. Uh, you can't afford any zeros on the board if you want to cash. Uh, and for the GPP players especially uh, as well, you know, you got to have those uh, those guys that are going to get in there and get the opportunity. So uh, let's, without further ado, you know, we want to thank our presenting sponsor, Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company. Uh, you know, definitely used, uh, uh, really was appreciative of them using that coffee uh, to good works this morning when I was doing that uh, early show. Uh, a couple of good cups uh, uh, definitely got me through. So we appreciate them and, and their relationship with our, our mothership uh hoop-ball.com. Uh, I saw a commercial yesterday, Mike, by the way. Uh, it was for a contest, some, something with one of the NBA teams, and it said, look us up on hoopball.com. So the actual hoopball.com without the dash, uh, somebody out there scooped it up and is using it. How about that? Yep. Uh, I, you know, I, I suppose that does make a lot of sense with the hyphen. Um, yeah. I'm going to have to find that person, man. I don't like that. We are going to have us, to find uh, it. Give us our name back. And, I know. I uh, know. I'm not. That's not cool. But uh, so, you know, if you do go to hoopball.com, you're going to see something else. Remember, we're hoop-ball.com. And always go, you know, you can go there 24-7, click on forums, click on uh, DFS thread, and that's where Miles, Andy, and then – are the four pros are always posting stuff up uh, there constantly. Uh, any player news, all that information that comes out, uh, we're going to be flooding that on there all uh, throughout the day. So, all right, first game uh, on the slate, 7 p.m. start. Uh, it's an interesting one. Uh, contrast of two teams for sure here. We have the Houston Rockets uh, at 15 and 8 at the Cleveland Cavaliers. At five and eighteen, we have uh, the fastest-paced team in the league in the Houston Rockets. Uh, they are number one and the twenty-fourth-paced team in Cleveland Cavaliers. So they are slow, and on top of that, they don't play defense. They are third to last in defensive team efficiency. Uh, the Houston Rockets are right dead in the middle at fifteenth in defensive efficiency. So 
Uh, that sort of gives you the lay of the land with the teams. Uh, what do you think about this Rockets side of the ball, Mike? Yeah, I mean, obviously we got to talk about the big names being Harden, Westbrook. Uh, you know, Harden, looking at DK's pricing, is up there now. He's uh, 12.9. So it's not just the, the simple plug-and-play kind of, you know, no. like when I'm building my GPP lineups, if Harden's on the slate, I, I know I'm getting a good amount of exposure, at least, you know, probably 25 to 30%. Um, it's going to be a little bit different for me on this slate. You know, we have to factor in Cleveland's has got awful at basketball. Um, they can easily get ran out of the gym in every situation in this. Uh, Westbrook has been getting a little bit more involved in the offense and has been looking much better as of late. I mean, I'm not as interested in playing him either just because he's mm-hmm. almost at 10K now on DraftKings. So this is a tough yeah. spot for me. I'll probably still have very slight ownership in Harden, but I plan on being underweight. Um, and it's looking that way for a lot of these guys. If I'm taking anybody, it's probably going to be the ancillary pieces, like a, you know, like a Daniel House. Um, and you know, I, if you want to play Ben McLemore, he's too expensive for me at 5,400. Uh, but you know, there's going to be some bodies out of this game. Tyson Chandler uh, looks like he's going to be out, and so is Austin Rivers. So we can probably expect to, you know, maybe Gary Clark as a nice dumpster dive play at 3K going against Cleveland. Game gets out of hand. Yeah, uh, yep. probably see an extra minute or two that way. So. Um, that's pretty much it for me on the on uh, on the Houston side. It's it's really just going to be you know like House and uh, Clark as just a couple of decent value plays. Yeah, and it's tough, man, because you know you expect this game to blow out, and it very well could. But you know we know Dan Tony has been known to keep you know Harden Westbrook in the game even up thirty. So. You know, it gives it's it's definitely tough. I mean, Harden's price is sort of ridiculous at, at this point. I mean, you, you need the guy to go for, you know, 64 fantasy points just to make value. I mean, uh, you know, it's it's hard. I, I'm not going to go there either on the Houston side. Uh, I do. You know, I, I will look for uh, the right guy, hopefully here, that's going to eat up uh, Rivers minutes because with Rivers uh, being out. Um, you know, he's been playing 25 or 30 minutes. So, you know, where does that go? Does it go to Macklemore? Uh, you know, does it go to Clark House? You know, maybe they split it up. You know, uh, it's difficult. I think it goes – I think it's going to go to Clark. I mean, at the end of the day, he kind of phased out of the rotation once body started coming to back. Uh, and then we look at that yeah. game against uh, Sacramento. He played 22 minutes in it, um, you know coming off of his previous game that he actually even got any court time was six minutes or six games. I'm sorry, six minutes, six games prior to that one. Um, okay. So, so uh, our, uh, six days, I'm losing my mind over here, coach. So yeah, I, I, I think at the end of the day, it's going to be Clark. Uh, you know, you're going to, don't be scared away by the eligibility on, uh, on DK, you know, power forward and center eligible. Uh, he can easily slide over to the wing as well. He's not, you know, even probably should be power forward or center eligible at this point. It's just the way that the Rockets use him. And I'll tell you what, I'm going to I'm going to throw a name out there that I'm going to use in my GPP build for the Houston Rockets. Chris Clemens, and I'll tell you why. I know it's extremely gutsy and, you know, it could backfire, but if this game script goes the way I think, uh a guy like Clemens who can shoot the eyes out against a, a backcourt of Cleveland that doesn't defend in a game that could blow out. If, if Clemens can get in there and get 20 minutes or so, uh, you know, he can put up 20, 25 fantasy points uh, at, at uh, minimum pricing. So just a name to throw out there, you know, not for cash, but for GPP. 
that that could be a nice little find. Um, but I, you know, I'm not going to go in the big spend up here. I think if, uh, you know, if you if you go with Harden or Westbrook, there's just so much risk uh, with this game blowing out. And Cleveland being such a slow-paced team as well, uh, that's not going to help matters. As far as the Cleveland side of the ball, I mean, you know, it's 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 tough. I mean, it's again, if it blows out, they're going to play a bunch of people. Uh, you know, they, they use four guards right now in a rotation as it is. So as far as I'm concerned, I don't want anybody on the Cleveland side, which makes this game somewhat, you know, unplayable almost. Uh, what about you? Uh, yeah, not, I'm not touching that side of the ball at a 10-foot pole right now. It's I, I never touch the backcourt. The only thing I could rely on earlier in the season was the frontcourt. But, you know, knowing that they got Kevin Love on the, on the chopping block right now, um, you know, there's no incentive for them to run him out there big minutes and take a chance of him injuring himself and having teams pull their offers. Um, I know they're looking at the Trailblazers. He wants to go to a contender. The Blazers and the Celtics probably being the best-suited teams of his choice. Yeah. Um, so until until you know that trade eventually does happen, um, I'm kind of steering clear and just I, I generally don't look to target centers. You know, with Tristan Thompson going against Houston as it is. Yeah, and it's just too risky, really. I mean, it, there's no need on you know with 22 teams lacing them up really to even have to try to take a shot at the Cavs. So I'm with you. Plus, it's the first night of a back-to-back for Cleveland on top of everything else. So yeah, it's that just that whole game looks like there's so many things that can go wrong. It, you know, it's better just to to run the other direction. That that's what I think. So let's move on to game two, another 7 p.m. game. It is the Boston Celtics at 17 and five, which is a tremendous uh, record for them, and the Indiana Pacers at 15 and nine. So a nice competitive ball game here uh, for the Boston side. Robert Williams has already been ruled out, so they'll mainly be going with a combination of Tice and Canner at center, except for when they go small, you know, and and run a little bit of a small lineup there. And, you know, the big news on the Boston side is Marcus Smart is questionable. And that's, you know, he's such a difference maker in a ball game, uh, you know, mainly with his defense. So, it affects the Indiana side more than anything, I think, with Marcus Smart uh, being questionable. And Boston is also on the first night of a back-to-back, uh, two road games in a row uh, where they'll be traveling. So that makes it a little bit tougher. Uh, I believe Indiana is at uh, full uh, capacity there, which also brings up a tough thing with the Pacers having some depth now and so many people contributing they're a little bit tougher to play also. Uh, as far as pace goes, it also isn't a, a super palatable game with them being the 21st and 22nd ranked pace teams in the league. They definitely both like to defend and they both like to uh, run a ha- good half-court defense. Uh, or, I'm sorry, offense. Uh, so, you know, the possessions are going to be limited. And they're also third and ninth, respectively, in defense. So you've got two really good teams here, two, uh, a really fun game to watch. But for me, uh, the way both of these teams can defend, especially if Marcus Smart gets uh, factored in, you know, I'm going to pass it to you to go through this game 
But I can just tell you from my side of the coin, I respect these teams both defensively. They both have a lot of weapons that, you know, share the ball. And I'm not going to roster anybody from this game. So I'm going to turn it over to you, Mike, to, to walk through the Boston and Indiana side. All right. Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Both teams are, you know, absolutely uh, studs on defense. Um, but I also think that there's both uh, both teams, as good as they are on defense, they do have their areas of weakness. Uh, with Boston, there's being the front court, especially without Robert Williams. They're going to have to rely on Canner and Daniel Tice to kind of match up against this other combination of uh, Demonis Sabonis and Miles Turner. Uh, so I expect both those guys on Boston, both centers, we might even have to see them play alongside of each other. I'm very curious to see how they decide to combat Sabonis. I don't think that Tatum will get it done. I don't think Hayward would be able to get it done defensively. So for that yeah. reason, um, I'd have interest at, in those two guys as value plays, and I'd also be looking at Sabonis on the other side in that mismatch. I think 8200 on DK is still a fair price tag. He's been smashing. Yeah. He's, he's the definition of consistent with this guy. You can pretty much night in and night out um, feel confident in like a floor of like a 37 to 40 point uh, on DK. So I have no problem hmm. rolling him out there. Um, and then just basically looking at the value and then possibly a little bit of Gordon Hayward. Other than that, I'm not paying the price tags on Jalen Brown, Kemba, or Tatum until we see them come down and uh, kind of get into where they, the normality of uh, with Gordon Hayward back in that lineup. we got to remember this guy was garnering a high usage at the beginning of the season, um, and these guys, you know, Jalen Brown was basically on the outside looking in when Hayward was playing. Did you see the night before last that they made a mistake when on the Hayward game when he came back? They had him. 3K. Stone men. I'll yeah. believe a uh, coach. I was all over that. I couldn't believe it. I mean, that was that was such a free square. It was unbelievable. I I was surprised they made that that error, but uh, I see they've corrected that. <laughs> they won't let that happen. That, we, we get one of those once in a while, and sometimes you have to be like, you know, uh, you, you don't overthink those. Don't get cute, especially no. in GPPs, and think, well, everybody's going to be playing them. Is it the edge? There was no edge in fading a guy that should be priced at like no. five, six k, and he's priced at three. Fading a yeah, guy if that you will didn't not help play a hundred percent Gordon Hayward two nights ago, then you need to rethink your strategy, whether cash or GPP, because when you get those free squares like that, you've got to take them. Yeah, the, the edge was playing him a hundred percent of of your lineups. No doubt about it. You know, I love your take on Sabonis. Sabonis is 100% in play here, especially, you know, uh, the fact that Boston does struggle against the front court. I, you know, I just, I keep, I respect Brad Stevens. I think he's one of the three best coaches in the NBA. And I've got to think he's going to come up with a scheme of some sort to either double him at the post or try to keep the ball out of his hands. They've got to do something because they don't have a, 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 the right guy to match up with them. And, uh, you know, I would, I would say Sabonis is a, the type of a guy that could be a cornerstone play for you to build your lineup around. And I would love to recommend him to do that. But I have so much respect in Boston and the way they can defend and, and Stevens' uh, defensive schemes that I'm just a little concerned that, uh, you know, they're going to come up with something to try to take the ball away from them because – Really, Turner hasn't even been a, a smidgen of a, a threat offensively uh, in, in the last three weeks or so. So you've got to think they're going to try to push the ball away from Turner, or I mean from Sabonis. You know what I'm saying? 
Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I mean, that would be the smart move. I just don't know who they're going to send Adam because if they said, I hope they send Canner. Maybe a double, though. Maybe a double. You know, they, it, it could be, uh, it could be, but uh, you know, at the end of the day, they they have enough guys on the outside with Jeremy Lamb, T.J. Warren, and Brogdon that could knock down a three ball. Uh, where yeah. they'll they'll be paying for, it, and eventually they're going to have to pick their poison. Do they want to get beat with wide open jumpers, or do they want to take their chance and you know with Canner or Tice on the block with uh, Sabonis here and there? And Sabonis can stretch the floor a little bit too, so he's he, he can score in multiple ways. Like I said, it, it's just been consistency with him all season. He's averaging forty three DK points per game, and he's eighty two hundred, yeah. and it's a plus matchup for him. So um, and just any other matchup, he's pretty much hitting his five X just on his season average, and I think we have uh, the room for. You know, probably an extra five or ten points just given the matchup. So it's there. We saw the upside last game with the twenty-two rebounds. He could do it. And I and I very well may go to Sabonis. You know, as time goes here, uh, just because I think you're right. I think you know. I know Boston's seventeen and five, but this is like the worst matchup for them. Like they can match up against Milwaukee and Toronto, but this Indiana matchup with Sabonis and Turner, and then like you said, being able to have Brogdon and Warren and Lamb uh, spotting up, man, this this really creates uh, difficulty for Boston. And maybe Sabonis is the guy that smashes uh, the slate. It could very well happen. All right, uh, good stuff. Let's go to game three, another 7 uh, p.m. Eastern game. It is the Los Angeles Lakers at a gaudy 21-3 and against the Orlando Magic at 11-12. and uh, You've got a pace... For Lakers, right in the middle of the pack at about 14. And Orlando, the second slowest team in the league. Uh, So they're definitely, it's going to be a pace down game for the Lakers. Uh, Defensively, also, it's, you know, there's a a definite red flag here. Lakers being the fourth best defensive efficient team in the league. And Orlando has climbed all the way up to 10th. They've actually moved up since Vukovic has been out, uh, Kem Birch getting it done and Mo Bamba getting it done defensively. And then, you know, we know the rest of their guys, uh, you know, can definitely D it up. So you've got two good defensive teams. You've got, uh, you know, the best offensive team in this with a major pace down. Um, it definitely creates uh, some issues here. What, what's your take on the Lakers side of the ball? This game's kind of ugly for me, Coach. I don't know what side uh, you're gonna, of the coin you're going to be on with this one, but uh, you know Avery Bradley's going to be back on the Lakers side of the ball. He's going to expect to be, you know, have a minutes limit capped at about 20 minutes, but that's going to impact some of the value that we were getting in guys like Caruso. Even if Rondo does manage to play, he's questionable. It would cut into his minutes as well, so it kind of takes him off the table. Um, so yeah. back to not playing anybody but the stars. Uh, if you want to look at you know LeBron and Davis, both those guys are very much in play. Um, I, I mean, Davis has been playing much better lately. Uh, this matchup, I'd probably prefer LeBron. But at the end of the day, I don't think I'm going to have too many shares in either one of them. Yeah, yeah. It, it's tough, man. It, it's a tough call. I mean, you know, not it, it's sort of nice, you know, deciding not to pay up for Harden, Westbrook, or LeBron Davis. It it allows you to, you know, and I haven't done that too much. It seems like the way this year is gone with Luca and and James and and Davis and these guys, it, it, it's almost like you. I seem like to build stars and scrubs lineups on all these bigger slates because you can't leave those guys out. But I'm with you. I mean, I think Orlando can slow the pace down, slow the possessions down, 
and create a situation where, you know, it's going to be hard for LeBron and AD to, uh, you know, smash the slate. Now, you know, it, it's tough, though. I mean, you don't want to miss the, the right spot on these guys. But uh, as far as the Lakers go, I would have liked to have gone to Caruso, but I know Rondo is listed as questionable right now. That's Is that correct? Yeah, he's, he's questionable. Avery Bradley will play. Yeah, so, I mean, that definitely cuts into Caruso. That's That makes it such a risky play. Uh yeah, I don't think I'm going to dial anybody up for the Lakers. What about uh, on the Orlando side of the ball? It's just going to be such a tough defensive assignment for him. I mean, in a real-life basketball standpoint, I'm really see, excited to see Jonathan Isaac versus Anthony Davis. Um, those two guys as star-studded defensive players. It's going I feel like I get to see them both jumping up in the air and just smacking, smacking the ball in between them, and then just the world stopping and the ball's you know, freezing, like one of those kind of uh, old Dragon Balls yeah. moments kind of thing. But... Um, you know, I'm not. I'm not really trying to pinpoint. Is that a Pokemon? Uh, no, coach, don't date no, yourself okay, like sorry, that. No, yeah, that's yeah, like an. Uh, no, you know, no, it started no. in like a, Dragon a, Ball Z. I remember that now. Yeah, I think it was like maybe okay. like a right. early or mid '90s, something like '94. Yeah, I thought you were like pulling that. a Pikachu on me here. I didn't want to get out of control with this. <laughs> no, no, coach, not me, not me. No, I did. I did like my <laughs> cartoons growing up. Though. A big cartoon guy. Uh, I could sit here and talk cartoons for days. Uh, oh, but God. no, so I, no I, magic at all, huh? I, I'm not, it's tough. I, I don't really want to pinpoint them. I mean, if you want, they're, they're priced fairly. I will say that. Um, you know, looking at Isaac's price, sixty-two hundred. Gordon's price fairly at sixty-five, and Fournier at sixty-four. Um, but we know that they they all have that kind of volatile floor as well. So if you're targeting yeah. any of these guys, I'd only probably look to do it in uh, GPPs. I don't think that they're safe in this matchup for cash at that price tag. Um, yeah. And then I'm just not I'm not really seeing the upside in GPPs as far as faults at 5500. Uh, I haven't really seen that 40 point ceiling from them really, so um, I don't really want to you know spend up on that. I think that we'll have some better of mid tier price guys that we could get to later. Yeah, and I think Fournier would have been a good play, but with Bradley being back, even if he plays 15 20 minutes, you know he's probably going to stone him for that period of time. Uh, and, you know, and then the Danny Green can play on him as well. So, yeah, boy, I'll tell you, yeah, I just I really don't like anybody from this game either. So I don't know, man. I don't I don't again, not going to have anybody on the, the squad here early on. It's crazy. We Maybe I will post a bonus. We don't, we don't got to force it. We got 11 games, coach, you know, so if there's, yeah. if there's a slate where you want to be picky and you want to be choosy, um, this is the type of slate that we could do. I mean, at the end of the day, this Lakers team is, has been unstoppable so far this season. Yeah, yeah. They've been one of the top defensive teams. We know the Magic like to slow it down, like you said. Uh, if you look at Anthony Davis's past two amazing games, look at the, look at the totals of those games. Um, you know, I, I, yeah. I would not expect this game to have a, a similar total as those two. I mean, who could, I could be wrong. Uh, we'll wait and see. But it's just it's just not the type of game, the game script that I really want to target. Because even if I'm playing one of those stars, I don't really want to run it back with anybody on the other side that badly. You know, it's I, not like I, it is risky. There's no doubt about it. But I'll tell you, it's going to be painful. You know, we, we're going to roster these line. Like for right now, I roster my lineup, and then I got to sit there for an hour and watch. You know, the beard and Westbrook and AD yep. and LeBron. We're I'm going to be like a hundred points behind before I can blink. <laughs> oh yeah, we're going to be chasing. You know what though? It's going to be fun. I like going to bed on those nights where, you know, you still have like two two guys more than the average person left going into the late game or whatever it may be, and you Dude, wake up and it's like a surprise. Sleep? If I have 
have a guy live, I, I just I can't sleep. There, uh, I gotta watch. 80, Eighty hour work weeks could knock me out at any given time. Right now, it's it's uh, I've been I've been grinding over here between uh, everything over here, hoop ball, the day to day job, doing a little bit of uh, you know, the side. You're and like mon- I said, you're uh, a monster, man. Hey, it's better than the days we used to do shows after you bartended all night. <laughs> Absolutely, you did like a four a.m. show. Hey, uh, listen. You know. That's why I tell people, I speak the truth when I'm talking about uh, Hawaiian Alice Kona coffee. It is literally the one thing that keeps me going, man. I I would I don't know what I would do without those guys because their blends, their brews, um, the first thing I look forward to when right when my eyes open up, I, I slide out of bed and I'm getting that thing going as fast as possible. Yeah, we we need to set up a, a Hawaiian Isles uh, like slow drip. Uh, intravenous uh yeah, oh, yeah. connection for you dude get me one of those i i i'll wear it like one of those old hats with the you know the beer cozy hats where oh you yeah it. with yeah. the double zipper there yeah. I'll, you just, I'll just wear one of those <laughs> I'll just walk around now you're that. talking my language that's for sure at the barnoculars we used to sneak those into the games you know what those are yeah. oh yeah Coach. yeah you got the two vials there where you're it's that's that's the way to do it man if you have if you haven't Dialed those up for our young listeners. Look up the double sip cup uh, hat with the two cans, and you look up the barnoculars, you'll be all set for your next game. All right, we're way off pace here with an 11-game slate. So we go to the fourth game out of 11, which is a a fourth uh, uh, 7pm game. And this is definitely the game I'm going to watch. Not particularly load up uh, on my DFS squad, but this is a true great basketball game with a lot of intrigue. We've got the LA Clippers at 18 and 7 at the Toronto Raptors at 16 and 7, and the return of Kawhi Leonard and his beaming personality to Toronto uh, with the tributes and all that stuff. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun game to watch. Um, you know, he's such a cyborg. Who's who's to know if this is going to affect him enough at all, or, you know, if it's going to affect his game? Um, we do know that Jermichael Green is uh, doubtful in this game. We also know that Fred Van Fleet, Van Vliet, which is the big news, is questionable. So if he doesn't suit it up, um, you know, it changes everything. And, you know, it, it's certainly tough to, to dial Lowry up with, obviously pat bev defense but this is such a great game man i can't wait to watch it um you know it's it's interesting though you know it's not like we have slow teams here uh clippers are playing at the seventh fastest pace so they're even though they're getting a lot of it off of their defense and it's pushing their transition you know they're moving and toronto's 13th so it's odd to see two fantastic defensive teams uh, with that high a pace. But again, a lot of it is defensive oriented. They're getting steals, tips, deflections, and they're using that to, to run the floor. And defensively, as you would expect, uh, Clippers seventh, Toronto fifth. So you've got two great uh, teams, you know, and two great coaches, you know, two top five coaches for sure uh, in Doc and Nurse. So, uh, great game. What do you what do you got on the clip side, uh, Mike? 
Uh, so obviously the narrative in Kawhi Leonard is what's really putting him into play for me. Uh, 8,700 is a fair price tag. The only thing we generally worry about with Kawhi is the minutes. I mean, if we look at his game logs, he hasn't been really playing more than you know, 30, 32 minutes unless it's absolutely necessary. But this is a close matchup. should be a tough game, and they, they're probably going to need a minute. So I, I would definitely prefer him all over Paul George. So he's kind of taking Paul George out of the picture for me at very similar price tags. Um, but one sure. guy that's kind of drawing my attention is Lou Williams at 59. I just think that's a little bit too cheap. Like I said, this is going to be a competitive game. In these competitive games, uh, we can expect him to take a couple more shots. Um, and the shot attempts have actually been there for Lou Will. It's just he hasn't been knocking them down at the rate that he generally would. 19 in yeah. the last game. Yes, I, I believe, you know, uh, we're talking about some of these games with Leonard being out. But then 17, 13, 14, all the shot attempts are there. Um, he just hasn't been able to knock down anything. So law of averages, he'll correct himself eventually. At 5,900, uh, I definitely have some interest in GPPs in him. So uh, between just Leonard and uh, Lou Willis, those would probably be my main guys I'm looking at. I think I'm gonna, I am don't like going back to the Beverly Will. I, I got the good game I wanted out of him last time. I don't feel like that's something I need to really try to go back to the well and chase points on that. So um, for, yeah. the, for the 500 difference, uh, give me Lou Will over him. You know, th- this is the first one that we're really different on. I, I'm taking the opposite approach on the Clippers' side. I really like Paul George. He's playing great ball. He's getting good minutes. I think he's a little bit of a, a, a tougher matchup for Toronto because they're going to put Siakam all over Kawhi. And this is a this is a game where Siakam gets to prove that he's the new Kawhi there, and I think he's going to step up to that challenge and try to – really uh, jam Kawhi, and I think, you know, I know Kawhi's not really a guardable guy, but I think Siakam can give him enough trouble that uh, they're going to need Paul, you know, or I'm sorry, yeah, Paul George to to step up and, and have a big game, and I think he will. So I love Paul uh, George in this game at, at the price he's at uh, in, a, in a competitive game that both teams get up and down the floor, and he's going to be one of my foundational guys, believe it or not. And I think I'm going to get them fairly low owned because, uh, you know, teams are going to, you know, be talking up. Uh, I'm sorry, the owners will be talking up, uh, you know, the whole Kawhi thing. And I think he may slide under the radar. So that's my take. And the guy that I'm going to focus on on the Clippers side. What do you have on the Toronto side? So we, we spoke about this a little bit before. We're going to have to keep an eye on uh, Van Vliet's news. Um, you know, he banged knees, I guess. I didn't even know what happened in the Rockets game. Yeah. Um, shout out Josh Lloyd, you know, another, uh, you know, very, very uh, reputable fantasy analyst. He's great. He works over at Basketball Monster. Uh, been listening and following him, good friends with him for um, quite some years. I wouldn't, you know, had the opportunity to work with him for a little bit in the past, too. So uh, he's the one that kind of mentioned that, and I saw that. So I didn't even know what happened in that game. I kind of assumed it happened in the last game. He left after 12 minutes. Um, yeah. and, or two games ago, sat out the last game. So uh, Norman Powell probably uh, the biggest beneficiary with him at 5200. Though it's just um, there's not there's not that much juice left on the bone for me. Um, it's not a okay. bad play. It's going to be you know playing shooting guard. I guess if that's if that's one of the positions of weakness you want to target against the Clippers, it's the front court. Right. It's maybe shooting guard. Those yep. are the two that you could look at. So I'm not going to knock you if you do want to play him. He's just not going to be a, like a foundational piece of mine. Yeah, I, you know, I love Van Vliet. I think he's so important to that team. Uh, you know, if he's out, you know, that usage factor uh, goes, you know, to Siakam. But Siakam's going to be guarded by Kawhi. And when he's out, he'll be guarded by George. So, 
you know, you, I don't think personally I want to play Siakam because I think he's going to be focusing on the defensive end, uh, you know, to not let Kawhi show him up. Uh, but I think if Van Vliet doesn't play, I think Powell will get 38 minutes or so. And it, at that price, I think it's fair. And so if he sits, I'm going to dial up uh, Powell. If not, uh, you know, I don't think I'm going to go anywhere else on the Toronto side, you know, for the reasons that I stated. So that makes anything I mean, else on that game? No, and I was going to say that makes perfect sense. I mean, at the end of the day, like you're more of that cash game type player. So you you would be happy right. at 5,200 to get 25 or 30 from him. Uh, that would be perfect. Uh, when right. I, you know, when I'm looking at a guy at 5,200, I want to kind of hope that or know that he has that upside to get a little bit over like that 32 to 35 threshold where, you know, I'm getting that, that good seven, eight X out of him. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get eight X out of, uh, you know, Powell in this matchup. I don't think he's going to be able to have that 40 point upside. Well, he put a 50 burger on the board a couple of games ago, so he's got the potential to do it. Uh, you know, but again, you got to follow the Van Vliet news because that completely changes everything on that side of the ball for sure. Kyle Lowry's been uh, strong too. I mean, he's such a gutsy player, but you know, I I refuse to play anybody when Pat Bev is guarding him. I just I just won't do it. It's too it's too tough to watch because he gets just gets up in everybody's business and drives them nuts. So not somewhere I'm gonna go. So all right, excellent. Uh, we finally get to move on to a 7:30 game, so we got four games starting. Right, uh, the good thing about the four games starting at lock is that we will get news. That's eight teams we know will at least have the starting lineups and news on, uh, so you can't get you know uh, crushed on that. Especially uh, with Marcus Smart, Rondo a little lesser extent, and then Van Vliet. So. Uh, definitely something to keep an eye on. All right, the first 7:30 game uh, is the Charlotte Hornets at 10 and 16 against the Brooklyn Nets at 13 and 10. Uh, Watch most of the Charlotte Hornets game tonight, uh, and it was a hard-fought, down-to-the-wire game uh, that they pulled out against the Wizards at the very end. So you know now they have to get on a plane, get to Brooklyn on a back second night of a back-to-back not very conducive for the Charlotte side of the ball for sure Um, we've got Charlotte at the 26th fastest pace which they play the Wizards uh, who don't play any defense and they still slowed it down a little bit so definitely a pace down game for Brooklyn Uh, they are the eighth fastest team so you know it will be a little bit more possessions for Charlotte uh, but that might be waylaid a little bit by uh, them on a back-to-back. Defensively, uh, Charlotte is second to last uh, in the league. Only the Wizards are worse. And, uh, again, they may have some tired legs. Not a great thing uh, on their side, but a good thing for Brooklyn. Uh, Brooklyn 16th defensively, so just slightly below the middle of the pack. Um, you know, I think in this game, we know, uh, you know, obviously we still are no Kyrie. Uh, you know, I think Dinwiddie is a, a monster play. He is a plug and play for me. He will be manning the point for me here. Uh, not to steal your thunder, but I just wanted to throw that out there. I love Dinwiddie in this game. 
Um, so what, what do you think about the Brooklyn side? With Are you on the Dinwiddie bandwagon with me? Absolutely. I've been riding that train since this began, and uh, there's no reason to get off. They kind of keep him flowing around that high sevens, low eight price tag, and that's basically been what his average is. So, I mean, it's, it makes makes you feel comfortable about cash games, knowing that you have the security of his floor, and we've seen him have plenty of big games this season already, where I know in GPPs, I can look for that upside in there as well. So, um, yeah, definitely Dinwiddie, and I'm also going to be looking at Jared Allen. Uh, He's, yeah. he's really starting to look just a lot better. At 6800 it seems like it's a high price tag, but this guy's been producing night in and night out. The rebounds have been there. Uh, he's been on this double-digit rebounding streak for quite some time, and he's already smashed uh, Charlotte in the mouth two times this season. Uh, in only 24 and a half minutes average so far in the two games that they've played, he's getting about 41 DK points. So I have no problem going back to the well with Jared Allen as well. Um, and that's pretty much it. I mean, I was playing a little bit of Garrett Temple here and there, but at 5,500, not enough uh, juice left on the bone for me in that. So that's that's all I got for Brooklyn. Yeah, just one one word of caution a little bit on the Jaron Allen take. Um, I was very surprised tonight to see that Bismack Biombo started and played a lot more minutes uh, than Cody Zeller. Zeller came off the bench. He wasn't hurt or anything. They just decided to go that route. And I can tell you right now, Bismack Biombo is three times the defender that Cody Zeller is. So I think that will, uh, they definitely will probably go to that well again, uh, just so that Bismack can play against uh, uh, Jared Allen. And I think that'll slow Allen down a little bit and his price has gone up. Just a little word of caution there. And then, you know, even to the extreme of the other flip side, um, you know, Bismack's a good play. He's super cheap. Uh, and, you know, uh, we've, we say it every show, you know, centers against Brooklyn seem to do extremely well. And, uh, you know, he's a double-double machine when he gets the minutes. And I think he's going to get them, especially with this matchup. Uh, and that's the one guy that I really like on that side of the ball. You know, on Charlotte's side of the ball, too, you know, them being on the second half of back-to-back, -back, uh, Devontae Graham was just an absolute monster, really pulled the game out for Charlotte against the Wizards tonight. I think he'll be a little gassed, um, and I really don't trust anybody else on the Charlotte side other than, uh, you know, may dial up a little value play in Bismack. You got anybody, any on the Hornets? Um, for me, the Hornets, I'd, I'd probably just be looking at, like you said, Devontae Graham and Terry Rozier. But even then, when I look at Graham's price tag, yes, it's a solid matchup. 8300 though, on a back-to-back, -back, $100 more. You can yeah. get Paul George. Like We were just talking about those guys in the, Crazy. the previous game. So I don't think I'll be able to spend up on him in this. Uh, Rozier at 7100 I think he, that makes a little bit more sense if you wanted to try to get some uh, action in this game. And, Still not cheap, though, you know? No, it's not cheap. But, I, I mean, we've seen him. It's not the same Terry Rozier at the beginning of the season where we were kind of questioning, you know, why yeah. the hell did they bring this guy in? Like, what is he doing? This guy, Devontae Graham, so much better. Devontae Graham still looks much, much better, don't get me wrong. Uh, but I've seen Rozier string together enough of these, those 35-plus point performances where I, I would keep him in my player pool. Um, it, it's yeah. and it's more or less a lot to do with with the matchup as well. Um, yeah, a good GPP, I guess. Shot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely not. I mean, at seventy one hundred, we have plenty of other safer options you can go to in cash or along the board. Um, yeah. And and that's it. The thing about Biombo, what me is, I want to know that he's getting the minutes. Absolutely. If I knew Biombo was playing even twenty four minutes, twenty two minutes, uh, guaranteed, I'd have absolutely no problem loading up on him and you know paying the thirty seven hundred and taking some stabs at him. 
Uh, but it, it's it's a wishy-washy situation where right now I don't I don't have that confidence in them. Um, they're splitting minutes off the bench. He played 14, 15, and 18 over the past three games, and that's just not enough for me to really kind of want to invest too much in them. Dude, you got a DFS pro here, coach, telling you, you he's a he's a cinch. Twenty four plus minutes. You got to dial them up. Uh, I'll play one for that, and I'll also do a chicken soup bet on that in a little bit. Oh my god, absolutely, dude. Let's get that. Let's just I do that right there. I How about a, that? Twenty four. I need a chicken soup win. Sure. Set twenty four points. So if he gets over under twenty four, I win. Twenty four or over, it's all you. Oh my God, that's such an easy victory! Thank you, sir, for letting me take the lead I think, back. I think we are like four four, correct? We're four four. Well, it depends if we uh, if if we count that other one because it's I'm pretty sure maybe maybe one of our listeners can remember the last time we were on there. I know we did two in one night. Uh, the Berea one, I, I remember that one vividly. I remember that one, uh, and I know that was a disaster. And so and I, I can't remember up. the other one. I remember celebrating I can't that remember day. the other one either. So I'm hoping our listeners don't because I I <laughs> would be happy just to uh, be a draw on that one. I'll tell you what. I'll give you that one. If somebody knows the second one and they want to send a tweet, then I will respect that. If not, I refuse to take a loss if we can't remember what it was. Although I, I got a sinking feeling that it wasn't a good thing for me. I just got that gut feeling. But uh, let's hope nobody remembers. <laughs> yeah, please remember for me. Coach already shafts me out of points left and right as it is. I, let me, you know, I have, to, I have <laughs> to push and pull anywhere I can to stay in the lead here. And I know Bismack is going to lead me back to the, back to the lead. So I love it. Could do some, hey, wouldn't shock me if it does. At the end of the day, this this is just a fantastic matchup. And I think uh, last time I, I you know I talked to you about a, a cheap center around this price tag going against Brooklyn, it burned me. Yeah, that was Mr. Old Javel. I know, I know. <laughs> I don't even want to go there. <laughs> All right, dude. Game six. We're a little bit over the halfway point. The the first eight p.m. Eastern game. You've got the Atlanta Hawks at the Chicago Bulls. Atlanta was in a hard-fought battle when we uh, jumped on this show in the fourth quarter. They were actually beating the Heat by four. Uh, not sure how that one turned out, but so they're, you know, they played uh, the Heat, and now they will be on the road tonight for a game at Chicago tomorrow. They obviously played all their key guys uh, big minutes because it was a hotly contested game. So definitely something to be concerned about on the Atlanta side. Uh, Atlanta is the 10th fastest pace, Chicago 12th. So you've got two pretty quick teams that will have some extra possessions for sure. Um, Atlanta obviously not a good defensive team, 26 with Trey Young and company. Uh, not getting it done on that side of the floor. Chicago, on the other hand, is also 12th defensively, uh, so above average, uh, not too bad uh, across the board with some of their guys defensively. So interesting game. Uh, I think you can maybe pluck out some some uh, slate changing guys here, or you could you know sync with some of these guys. So it could be a shifting game here in uh, some of the results tomorrow. What do you what do you think about the Hawks on the second leg of a back-to-back? -back? 
So obviously, we'll start at the top with Trey Young at ten three. Um, you know, I've been perfectly fine with paying that three. price tag. I, I've been okay paying that price tag as of late, just knowing I've, all the production. I mean, the guy's. I think he's averaging like 28 or 29 actual points on the season. And you know the assists are there for him. He's always hitting threes. He gets a couple – I think he even gets like three and a half or four boards as a guard. So um, he's yeah. been doing it. I just don't want to pay that price tag um, in this matchup. Chicago's actually been very good at defending opposing guards. Um, a lot of it has to do with Chris Dunn now that he's in the starting lineup as well. So uh, I'm okay with kind of just you know going away from Trey Young in the second half of a back-to-back uh, shooter's legs kind of thing and uh, with a tough matchup. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, we have to also monitor, uh, you know, Kevin Werder, it being a back-to-back. He's been having his minutes limited. we got to see how that affects him, whether he sits or not, or if he just, you know, maybe gets it dialed back a little bit. Uh, and if he does sit for any sort of reason, then I think that we can uh, go and look at, you know, Reddish and Bembry as some decent value plays in this matchup. So that's kind of the way I'm uh, I'm approaching the Hawks. Um, oh, I almost missed over something very obvious, Coach. Yeah. Jabari Parker is going back to Chicago. Ooh. Jabari Parker's from Chicago. And yeah, Jabari Parker does not like the Bulls. No. So there's uh, our narrative. That's Maybe that's something that we need to look play. at a little bit more. Sixty one hundred, he's been uh Yeah, I kinda like that coach. I think Jabari Parker needs to be the narrative play of the night. I'm with you, man. I know he does not like them and uh you know this could be a, a chance. He definitely when he gets motivated and steps it up. Uh, he makes, uh, you know, he can really smash values. So I'm with you on that one. Great point, great catch. I think that uh, that's a great play, actually. Yeah, I almost, uh, almost glanced right over it. And it's, you know, being a guy, I, I always try to find all the narratives, and then I dissect yeah. it afterwards. Like, tell me any narrative. I don't care if this guy spilled, you know, ice cream on the ground, looked up, and the bird, you know, crapped on his head, and now he's got good luck. Whatever it may be, I'll take it into consideration and I'll decipher later whether or not I think it's real. When a guy's going back to you know the city he's from, maybe where he played college ball, and um, hard feelings against that hard team. feeling. I, I mentioned it earlier. Anytime Dragic plays the Suns, um, you know I'm looking at him. Uh, anytime they yep. have those hard feelings, they're definitely going out there and they're trying to prove a point. Um, you know, if it doesn't speak volumes, look at Paul George. What he just said in his post game interview. I can't wait to hear that tell all. Um, you know, did you, yeah. hear, did you see that? Uh, a little bit. Yeah, go ahead and tell the listeners. I thought it was very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a post game press conference. Uh, they, you know, they're asking you know, what. Uh, I can't remember the reporter, and I apologize. I uh, kind of asked them what led to the, what series of events led to you your fallout over there in Indiana. Um, yeah. And he basically just kind of said, you know, I don't, you know, one day I'll come out with a tell all and I'll discuss everything that led up to the events and why I left. But uh, he basically came out and said, just know that I, I shouldn't be the one you should be booing. Um, yeah. you know, basically tell, saying it's the front office. It's the front office is where right. I left, um, or else I would have still been a pacer. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll hear everything at one point, whether uh, it was something that they said to him or you know, a contract. He stuck or... the pacers too, man. He really did. So that's another one that we're going to have to keep an eye on going forward because it looks like there's uh, still a little bit of animosity in there. Oh, no doubt about it. I love the Jabari Park, Parker take for sure. Uh, what about on the Bulls side? They they are tough to roster any Bulls. I'll tell you. Yeah. They are just difficult to roster. They're very tough. Um, you know, one uh, I'll look at Chris Dunn at 4,800, knowing that he's going to be alongside of uh, Trey Young and that porous defense. He played 15 minutes in the last game. Don't really worry about that. It was uh, plagued by foul trouble for a lot of it. So he got, you know, five fouls in the game. Fouls are always going to be an issue. He's very handsy, but he's also very good at racking up steals. 
Um, so I, w I would consider him at 4,800 in the matchup. But my favorite play on the Chicago side is going to be marketing. He's finally starting to look like he's like slowly turning it around and starting to break, uh, break out of that slump. Uh, this is a dream matchup wow. against Atlanta. Um, I have no problem paying 6,300 for marketing. And I think that a lot of people, he burned enough people this year that his ownership's going to be yeah. down for quite some time. Until people see a streak of like a couple of those high 30s and 40s games, um, he's going to have low ownership. Yeah, uh, I'm one of them. I don't trust him either. I, you know, I think I rostered him once, uh, and he, you know, very just non-motivated, like 17-point fantasy night. Just didn't look like he cared out there. I don't know what the deal is or if it was a slump, but you know, it, I guess it's good to, you know, get on the train before it gets hot. You know, and time it right. But uh, hey, if, yeah, there's, if there's a game you're going to do it or a matchup you're going to be able to break out of it, it's it's going to be one of these types of matchups. Um, yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't be going to look and throw marketing in at 6,300 if he was going against like the Lakers or uh, you know Indiana or Orlando or one of those tougher defensive teams. Uh, yeah. there's a reason behind it. I mean, Atlanta's very poor, so it's going to be an up and down game. Uh, they're coming off of a back to back, so. Yeah, yeah, they're going to allow more points. They're going to be a little bit tired, but neither teams are, you know, great where this game is going to have to worry about getting out of hand. It should still stay competitive enough where we should see 30-plus minutes out of him barring foul trouble. What about Zach Levine? This should be a double smash spot for him, shouldn't it? Absolutely. I definitely have some interest in him. Um, I definitely do. But at the end of the day, it's not like, you know, I don't think that we're going to have to worry about or think about that whole Trey Young guarding him. That's not going to happen um, unless no. unless they you know the the switch happens and mismatches happen. That's bound to happen in any kind of game. Uh, but for the most part, I wouldn't expect him on him. So uh, he's in play mostly due to the pace. But seventy nine hundred, it's a little bit too rich for my blood. Where yeah. I think I'd rather go elsewhere in a, a few other games. We'll get there. Yeah, I just I mean, I think I'm going to dial up a little Zach Levine. I know the price sort of sucks. And he can be very points dependent, but man, this matchup against Atlanta with tired legs and bad defense—you know—Levine feasts on that kind of stuff. So I'm not, I'm not running through the streets thrilled about this pick, but I do like Zach Levine here, and he's definitely going to make uh, one of my couple of lineups that I build uh, reluctantly. So hopefully, I don't regret that, but. I just I can't pass up the spot. I'll knock you for it. All right, man. We go uh, before we catch the final five games. Some hard to believe we still have five games left, but uh, just a couple uh, quick mentions here. Again, Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company. We thank them for their uh, them being the presenting sponsor. Uh, we you know we'd ask you also check out hoop-ball.com. Uh, there's some great, uh, there's a, a prime uh, membership there that you can uh, join, a primetime membership where, uh, you know, you get access to all kinds of things that, that hoop-ball.com has to offer, including some exclusive podcasts, uh, also the Brews newsletter, the Brews letter that comes out. Uh, you can sign up for that for free on the website. Uh, great insight there. Uh, so check things out there and then obviously the forums on there we always tell you to click on the uh dfs thread that's that's uh manned by miles and andy and the team there uh great stuff uh also you know you know you can catch us seven days a week we have live free front of the uh line 
information on the DFS world, and uh, we love the, the fact that we're able to bring that to you in front of any paywalls. So, uh, you know, just all we ask is that you take an extra second when you listen to the podcast to rate, review, subscribe, click the five stars, the likes, the positive reviews are really welcome, uh, the thumbs up, anything you can, uh, you know, to, to push the podcast forward. We want to continue to, to grow the listenership. Uh, we want to be able to make sure that, uh, you know, we show the the possible uh, support and possible uh, additional uh, people that we can get out there to, to listen and grow it. Uh, it's just going to do uh, wonders for the entire show. So, uh, you know, check us out. Just do a quick uh, search. D, uh, DFS Today or NBA DFS Today, we're going to pop up there on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeart, Spotify, YouTube, any anywhere podcasts can be found. So uh, we we appreciate you. We ask you jump on there and uh, you know show us a little bit of love, man. Uh, definitely also follow us on Twitter. That's uh, really the lifeblood of of all the information that we're sending out there. Uh, I'm at Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. My man is at Mike Apatria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. And then our other two pros, Andrew is at Language Olympic and Miles is at Miles 6565. So, you know, definitely join in, uh, listen, uh, Follow us. Uh, you can, we'll be tweeting stuff throughout the day, every day, on player movement, player news, uh, ideas. You know, bounce stuff there. DM us with questions specific to something you want to know, or just to uh, shoot the uh, baloney about uh, NBA DFS. We'd be happy to jump on there with you. So that is that, and we move on to the final five games of the day uh, and we have another 8 p.m. Eastern start. It's the 13 and 11 Utah Jazz at the 10 and 13 Minnesota Timberwolves. And uh, in this game, we've got uh, Jeff Teague questionable for Minnesota, which is big. That makes a big difference in what the deal is there. Uh, and we'll go over some of that, those reasons. And we also know that Mike Conley is still out for the Utah Jazz. Um, uh, Utah is 16th right now in pace. Minnesota is still in the top five. They are getting up and down the floor and are fifth. Uh, defensively, Utah is 11th, better than average on the defensive side, but they have slipped out of the top 10. And Minnesota is down to 20th. So they have uh, run across some difficulties on the defensive side. Uh, what do you have uh, from the Jazz side uh, here, Michael? I think this is a good spot for the Jazz, especially with uh, you know Conley still being out. I think you know opening up the usage, it just basically goes straight to uh, Bogdanovich and Mitchell. I think both those guys are in play. It feels like it's a Bogdanovich game. Um, this is kind of I like I, I don't mind the price at sixty one hundred. It's not a price that you get overly excited about paying for when you're looking at a guy like Bogdanovich. 
But yeah. uh, slowly kind of still reverting back to like how he was on the Pacers. He's taking a big offensive load, especially with Conley out. I, I can anticipate that uh, moving forward, and I think they're going to yeah. need a scoring in this type of game. So um, both those guys are definitely in play, and I think Rudy Gobert also at 7,700. Um, just another guy with a safe floor. Still some upside left in the price at that as well. He's played well in the two matchups prior. I think he's averaging 40 DK points per game in the two times that they played earlier. So it's right yeah. on par to his price. So uh, I'm just going to be looking at those three guys on the Utah side. Um, and then looking over at the Minnesota side, I think it's just going to be a, a lot of Andrew Wiggins for me if Teague sits. Um, we'll, okay. get, we'll get back to that point Wiggins kind of thing at 7K. I think that's a very fair price tag for him. Um, and that's where I would I would definitely be looking to get a lot of my ownership. Outstanding. Uh, for me on the Utah side, I think your take on Bogdanovich is spot on. I think uh, Donovan Mitchell is going to draw probably uh, Roco coverage, and we know Covington can defend. And I think Bogdanovich, you know, could put up a monster game here. I think he becomes a go-to guy. Also, Gobert. I mean, you know. Uh, there's no doubt Cat's been getting shredded at the center position recently. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable going to either spot there. Uh, I wouldn't recommend any of the Utah backup point guards. They're, none of them are really yeah, no, uh, don't, shining. No, don't don't touch those guys. You know, you, you never want to feel good about putting money on Moutier. No. And, you know, they're just – it's just not – They're none of them are getting it done. So – you know, I I agree with you. I think Bogdanovich, terrific play. Gobert, you can go there. On the Minnesota side, this is going to be gr- really key for me. I'm really hoping Teague sits. I, you know, he was marked questionable the last two games, and he played both of them. So I'm not expecting him to sit. And we definitely, being an 8 o'clock game, may not have this news. So if he remains questionable – don't risk it by any stretch of the imagination because, like I say, he will probably play. But if for some reason he is ruled out, I love Napier here. Shabazz Napier, you know, when he gets the chance to play, and I know it's a recency thing for me because I played him when Teague was listed as questionable last uh, three days ago. I think it was against the Lakers, and he helped me take down uh, some good stuff, man. Uh, he came in, even though Teague played, Napier got 21 minutes and had 28 and a half fantasy points. And it just was a monster lift for me. And I know it's risky, but I'm telling you, if Nate, if Teague sits, I know Wiggins becomes super good play because he handles a point and does sort of everything out there. But, you know, with Teague out, Napier will definitely get 20, 25 minutes uh, you know, as a point guard. And, you know, he's a good DFS points per minute guy, man. And what a value he is. So, again, definitely on the GPP side, if Teague sits, dial up Napier. I'm even going to do it a little bit in cash if he sits. Wiggins is monster in play, no doubt in my mind. Uh, you know, just because Teague, even when he is playing, is coming off the bench now, and Wiggins is running the point at the beginning. And uh, with no Conley to defend him, I think Wiggins is a great, great play. Uh, high on my list, close to one of my foundational guys. Um, I would not dial up Cat and spend the big money on him here with the defensive player of the year, Gobert, back-to-back defensive player of the year. Uh, defending him, I think, uh, you know, it seems as though it, 
you know, Cat certainly can have those blow it out games where he just goes nuts. But it seems like Wiggins is the main go-to guy in the clutch for the big shots here. Uh, and that's sort of developed as, as the year's gone on. So uh, that's sort of how – that's my take there, man. What do you think? I think we're uh, I think we're pretty much on in very similar boats. I mean, yeah, if, if if Teague's out, I have no problem loading up and getting some shares in Napier. Um, you know, while I'm monitoring that question, will tags and be essential? Um, Wiggins yeah. is a guy where I feel like you could play either way. It would be way more beneficial if Teague's out, obviously. But at seven K, I think even if Teague plays, Teague uh, still likely to probably come off the bench. Wiggins would still probably play a lot of point guards. So um, that's yeah, I'm with you though. If he's out, Napier is definitely good to go. All right, man, I like it. I feel good about the support there. Good stuff. All right, uh, next game, 9 p.m. game. Uh, we have the Memphis Grizzlies at 7-16 and 16 at the Phoenix Suns at 11-12. and 12. Uh, We know John Morant had come back um, uh, already, so he's in play. Grayson Allen is out this game. Sore knee, uh, not, you know, he's been getting some minutes and some run there. Uh, I don't see any news on Phoenix for anybody out. So I think as of now, uh, they're uh, all in play. Uh, pace side, certainly favorable here. Uh, Memphis 6th, Phoenix 11th. So, you know, good five, six, seven extra possessions per team uh, in this game with, with that being the, the pace uh, area that, that they both uh, are playing in right now. And then defensively, uh, certainly not stellar, 21 for Memphis, 18 for Phoenix. You know, this could be a really sneaky game that a lot of people are going to overlook that I think is going to have a very favorable over-under on the Vegas side, and you're going to see some some pretty high implied totals here. Uh, what, do you, what do you got Grizz-wise? I, I like a lot on the Grizz. I like a lot in this game. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. There's so many games, and this one's going to be so enticing because we know that there's so many guys uh, on both sides of the ball that could really just break a slate. Uh, so many guys that have like 50-point-plus upside in this matchup. Uh, you know, just looking at the Memphis side of the ball, Morant has that upside. Jackson has the upside. Valachunas has the upside. They all get that plus matchup. They're all priced fairly. So, I, you know, for me, all those guys are in play. Obviously, we're not going to be able to spend up on all of them and get to all of them. So I would I would probably, uh, you know, limit myself to saying, you know, Valanciunas is probably being my, my favorite play out of the bunch. Uh, just knowing that what his ceiling, what his floor is, Aaron Baines probably still going to see his minutes limited with the calf injury. Um, so I, I think, you know, that's an advantage that they could take. Uh, Valanciunas can easily be bullying Frank Kaminsky around left and right if he really wanted to. Um, so that's, that's kind of my approach. I'm really not looking at Jay Crowder. Um, I know you're a big Dylan Brooks guy, but I don't, you know, I don't really want to pay that 5k price tag. I don't really think I he would has. say I'm a big Dylan Brooks. Where did you come up with me being a big Dylan? Well, Brooks? no, I mean, you're a big fan of his defense. Let's just say, you, I, yeah, I, 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 I do you, like his defense. You mentioned, <laughs> you mentioned the DC. So you are, you're a Dylan, you're a Dylan Brooks guy. You're a Dylan oh, Brooks I guy. don't know. I, I don't, I would not consider <laughs> a Dylan Brooks guy. No, I but, think that's fake news, sir. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I think at the end Have of the you day, you watching Fox. No, uh, I'm just, no, no that's never. a different commentary. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I I think that's that's kind of how I'm going to be taking the approach for this. I mean, I'm going to be mixing and matching with the uh, with these guys a few a few different ways. You know, the Morant combo and with Valanciunas and running it back with a couple of the other guys. Look at the Phoenix side. Devin Booker's just been straight balling. Uh, Eighty eight hundred yeah. is expensive. Uh, it's expensive. 
you know, I don't, I don't know if I'll end up paying 8,800 for him, but I'm not going to knock you if you want to. At the end of the day, I'm going to have. You heard me say a lot of these expensive guys. I'm kind of staring clear of. Um, yeah. And you know, he kind of falls into the category where would I rather play Paul George or Kawhi Leonard at a little bit cheaper? I feel, I feel safer about their floors. Um, but when I want to target some of that upside, I'm going to keep Booker in my player pool. I've seen this guy just blow up on any given slate. Um, but I, I, I think I'm looking at this ball. I think I'd rather play Rubio. Um, I just love the consistency with him at 7,300. It's more than a fair price tag. Uh, these teams yeah. played earlier in the year. He put up about 32 DK points, and uh, that was on some pretty poor shooting. He only shot 33% from the floor of that game. Um, so I, I, I still think there's a little bit of uh, juice left on the bone in that one. And Dario Saric has been straight balling. Um, you know, yeah. Jaron Jackson Jr. is not a slouch defensively. But Sarge is offensively uh, talented enough where he can easily put Jackson into foul trouble quickly, and that may be something that the uh, that the Suns look to try to generate and try to target, knowing that kind of matchup. He's just he's been playing well over the past two games, so um, those would be my two primary options. I would say it would be Rubio uh, and Sarge in tournaments. If you want to take a shot on Booker, I don't mind it. And uh, you know, Ubre, I'm I'm more or less considering when he's at this price tag of that seven K around that seven K, he's more of a yeah. tournament play for me. He, He's he's just hit or miss. He's either getting you forty plus or you're getting you know that mid twenties. And I don't want to pay seven k for a guy getting me mid twenties uh, in my cash lineups. Yeah, no, I'm with you, man. I I I think uh, you know this this is such a tough one because I think like I say it's so pivotal. I think you're going to have people stack in this game uh, and and you know really forcing some plays here. And I do think, you know, I, I'm fearful of, of fading it a lot, but I, I think I may. Uh, here's the, my, my concern. I, you know, Joe Val, even against 25 minutes of Baines' defense, is, is problematic to me. I think Baines is, is super underrated defensively. I mean, when he was out, Phoenix uh, went from ninth in the league defensively to 18th. So... Just one man made that much of a difference. And I think his return is going to, uh, you know, thwart Joe Val just enough to, to make him uh, not really playable for me at that price. Um, Jaw is tempting, uh, but you just, you know, he's, he's a rookie. And you don't know if he's going to throw one of those eight turnover games on the board and, and only get 28 minutes. So I just, I don't really want to spend up there. Um, you know, all the rest of the guys are just so hit or miss. It's, it's tough, you know, so I'm not going to, I doubt I'm going to roster anybody on the Memphis side, Phoenix. I'm with you on the Rubio train. I think Rubio's a solid play there. I mean, he never tears it up shooting the ball, but he does at times can string a couple threes in there. I like uh, the pace up here. I think that, you know, Booker will, will garner so much defensive attention that, uh, you know, I, I think uh, Rubio is going to make a lot of my lineups. I think his price is fair as well. I mean, he's a he's a pretty good value guy here. Um, you know, Ubre is tempting, but his price has gone up so much. And, you know, Crowder and some of those guys, Hill, and those some of those wing guys uh, really get after it defensively. Uh, so that concerns me a little bit. Um, you know, and I, I really – think, you know, now that Baines is back for, you know, whatever minutes he does play, and I think he'll probably get 25 or so, uh, it, you know, it definitely takes, uh, you know, the value of Kaminsky 
And I think a lot of those rebounds that Sarge has been getting uh, get sort of pulled away as well. Uh, but I don't think Baines is playing enough to to be a solid play there. So, you know, I may walk away from this game with just Rubio. Uh, you know, Booker gets the the talented Dylan Brooks defense. So, you know, being that he's one of the better players in the league, um, you know, uh, you, you you can't play Booker, right? Uh, I mean, I think Booker's just always in play. Um, yeah, it's it's. You didn't hear my joke about Brooks, man. That was a joke. Dude. <laughs> yeah, I guess that one slid over after I just said it too. <laughs> You're not even paying attention. So now we know you're busted. So when I do go into my long talks, you're just clicking your computer. No, no, actually, you did, bu- you did bust me. I'm uh... listening to a damn thing I'm saying. <laughs> no, I just, uh, I was just monitoring. I was checking out some of the news that popped up, and uh, I don't yeah, know if you saw. What happened. Yeah. Did you see what happened over there in Miami? No. Oh, okay. See. What happened? See, now you want to know. I don't know. Uh, I, I, what'd you say about Dylan Brooks? I couldn't hear you. Yeah, well, I'll tell you. <laughs> no, I'm just to, joking. Uh, the Bam, listeners know the truth. So what Bam, happened? Uh, Bam and Butler uh, both posted uh, triple doubles tonight. Bam Adebayo had a triple double. Yep, and Butler in the same game. They both play. I play both of them. Well, I'm going to win all the money. You're probably going to win a lot of money, then, Coach. Especially Holy if uh, shit. You, you manage to uh, you know fade some of those other guys. Like Trey Young had a pretty down game. I didn't play Trey Young, and I faded Tyler Hero, and Hero was owned by like everybody. Oh yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I didn't chase the points with Hero. I had more. Did Miami that. come back and win the game? Uh, I did not check the score. I was just trying to. I was, I was going on the old Twitter sphere. I was searching a name uh, for you know the next game that we get to, just to see if I can pull up any news before it started, uh, before I had a chance to do it. That's where oh, I, I saw God. that the Bam and Butler triple doubles happened. So. Um, that is yeah. I, I immediately like kind of got a little starstruck, jaw dropped. I was like, "Wow!" Um, and I'm not surprised. I mean, Bam's a fantastic passer. He's been passing well all season long. I, I said it early on. He's like Jokic esque when it comes Unreal. to the passes, um, and flashing it right there and then. So, unbelievable, man! I think I, I, oh yeah, I hear that. Do you hear that? That's the Brinks truck backing yeah, up. Exactly. My front exactly. Beep beep beep. I hope so, man. All right. Well, let's keep rolling here now to, to get out there and, and watch some of this late Knicks game here. Uh, see what's going on. We're going long anyway. This is a long show, but you know what? We're here for our listeners. It's not our own self-interest. We're here for our listeners. At least I know they're listening to me, even though you're not. <laughs> I, got, All right. I got a little starstruck, man. That's okay, dude. All right. Three games left. Let's get rolling. Let's get rolling. I want to go see the money. Uh, 9.30 Eastern, New Orleans Pelicans or New Orleans Pelicans, depending on what part of the country you're from. 6 and 18, not good. Milwaukee Bucks, 21 and 3. Uh, definitely blowout potential here. Uh, Favors is questionable. He looks like he might play because he was out for personal reasons. So you've got the nightmare of favors and Okafor and Jackson Hayes. And when they play small, they go to Kendrick Williams and Ingram. So it's sort of a nightmare inside for them. Uh, they are the fourth pace team in the league. Milwaukee is second. So you very rarely get that type of a pace. This game could be in the 120s or 130s. You have to have some guys from this game if you want to win, Mike. You have to. 
And then let's look at the de the uh, defensive side. The Pelicans don't play D. They're 27th. Milwaukee is the best, best defensive team in the league, but they seem to blow everybody's doors in. And here's the big dilemma here. Do you play a couple guys from this game because it's going to be so high scoring, or is it going to be such a blowout that everybody shares minutes? This it could be probably the pivot game that's going to depend on whether you win all the money tomorrow or not. So what do you think, man? Game script for me. So I, it's it's going to be all developed on the game script. So the news I was looking up before because I knew we were sliding this one is I wanted to see exactly. So Derek Favors is expected to play. Um, I wanted to see if I could find any news on ex exactly what kind of minutes we can anticipate. Um, okay. I wouldn't anticipate a big workload, especially, you know, and missing so much time. But he wasn't hurt. It was just personal. Well, he was dealing with a back injury, too. Don't forget about that. So before he left he with the personal news, yes, he had a back injury. So he was actually out with a back injury before, um, I believe, the death in the family with his mother happened. So, oh, uh, I mean, that he had enough time off where maybe, you know, it was just soreness and it's kind of feeling a lot better. But there's no reason for me to believe that they're going to play him any more than, you know, maybe 20, 22 minutes absolutely max. And, I mean, let's just be real. It's a bad center matchup going against the Bucks when you know Brooke Lopez is stretching the floor and pulling them away from the paint anyway. So I think I, that's going to take off Hayes, uh, Okafor, and Favors right off my list as far as guys on New Orleans. And I also wanted to mention Lonzo Ball's uh, switching. He's going to the bench. He's going to be playing in a bench role from now on. Yeah. Um, they're going to opt to just play Drew Holiday at point, play, uh, slide Kenrich Williams back into the starting lineup. Basically yeah. just let Ingram... Um, and Holiday do a lot of the ball handling. So uh, the, the main guys I'd probably be looking at, I really don't have too much interest in anybody on the New Orleans side. Uh, I'd probably be looking at Holiday at that price. 7100 I think, is a fair price tag for him. Uh, the ancillary pieces, I think Josh Hart at 4100 is a solid price tag. Yeah, he's pretty cheap. He's pretty safe um, floor and ceiling in these kinds of matchups where even if it does blow out, he sees extra run. That bodes well for him. And, uh, you know, if the game stays close, he still sees enough run where he's a nice rebounding guard, uh, fast-paced game, extra shot attempts on both sides. That kind of bodes well for him. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, I'm not as scared off of this game as a lot of people might be. I kind of like Giannis in it. I think I haven't played Giannis in, I want to say, a few weeks. Um, yeah. What's I, his number though? Eleven K is more than I'm more than okay with paying eleven K for him. You know what? That's not that, so. He's eleven K and Harden's twelve nine nine twelve nine. So we're talking about nineteen hundred dollar wow. difference. Uh, even if, I did not see that. That is insane. So and that's what I want to touch on. Even if this game does get out of hand, Giannis at eleven K, he can still get you to where you need to to get the five X in limited yeah. minutes in thirty to twenty eight minutes. He can get you 50 to 55 and not burn you completely. Well, um, 50, he has to get to 55. Yeah, 50, 55 to for the 5X. Yeah. Um, even if you get 50 out of them, though, you, you can, you'll still, you might not win all the nuts, um, but it, it won't sink your lineups completely, especially if you fade some of those other stars, and the stars have a bad games just in general. They're, I mean, not all those guys, yeah. you know, LeBron, Davis, Harden, Westbrook, Giannis, uh, Trey Young, all those high-priced guys are going to hit. Uh, maybe, you know, two out of the, like the five might like really, you know, break a slate or something like that on any given night. Um, so I, I, I definitely think he's in play. I think uh, Middleton would be in play for me as well. Um, Bledsoe, it looks like he's just, you know, struggling to get acclimated ever since Middleton got back. And now that Middleton's back in the starting lineup. So I, I think I'm going to steer clear of Bledsoe. So I'm, I'm mainly going to be looking at Giannis and Middleton if I'm, if I'm you know, running it back. If I want to get some exposure this game, I'm not fading it due to the blowout. I'll have a few lineups that I do that in, but for the majority, I think I'm going to play this as though this game uh, is going to get you know stay close enough where I'm going to get a, an, enough run out of those two guys and 
feel confident in him. Very interesting. Uh, th this is going to be my stand. You know, this is where I'm going to try to differentiate myself from the crowd tomorrow. I'm going to fade this game completely, and I'm going to explain why. I think this game blows out. I think the Pelicans are terrible. I think that Giannis is going to do, focus. He wants to be a defensive player of the year, MVP candidate again here. And he, I think, is going to really get after Ingram. And Ingram's a handful. The dude is playing at a level that a lot of people didn't think that he could get to. So I think the focus will be enough for Giannis that he may only – throw up a 45 or 50 fantasy point game. You don't really particularly have to have that on an 11 game slate. You know, I would say, yeah, I'd take him four X and 44 fantasy points. You need that on a three game slate or whatever, but I don't think you need that here. So I think that the limited minutes because of the blowout, the fact that he's going to be focusing to defend Ingram, I think that takes some of the luster away. Milwaukee has an extremely deep bench where ton of guys get a ton of minutes when they blow everybody out. It's another home game where I think they blow somebody out again. And all those, uh, you know, Conantons of the world and all those guys off the bench uh, steal a bunch of, of the thunder there. Uh, from the Pelican side, too, you know, Drew Holiday is, you know, expensive as hell. Um, you know, and, and he's going to be facing uh, – the double barrel of Bledsoe and a little bit of George Hill, who I really respect defensively. And I just think that, you know, New Orleans is going to play enough guys and rotate enough guys in a blowout that it's just not palatable. So, you know, you got to take a stance somewhere. And, you know, the fact that I'm not playing Giannis Harden, Westbrook, Anthony Davis, or LeBron on a card, I think, is going to set me apart in a lot of ways. But I still think there's a lot of those medium seven, 8,000 players that I'm really going to try to stay disciplined and keep uh, no dumpster diving for me and just keep those mid-level guys and just 40-point everybody to death and just 40, 45, you know, 50 fantasy points from, like, everybody on my team. That's my goal tomorrow. I mean, I'll, I'm definitely going to have some builds like that as well. I mean, <clears throat> the only high-priced guy I really mentioned that I did have interest in is Giannis. And I'd be a fool if I scripted every single lineup I run out uh, on an 11-game slate with like 100% Giannis, especially in this kind of scenario. Yeah. Blowout is absolutely real. Uh, I think a lot of people are going to see that. They're going to see the spread. They're going to think the same exact thing. And, uh, you know, we haven't seen Giannis really this cheap in a while. Um, and if uh, he's gonna, I think he's going to be the highest own guy on the slate you think he'll do you, th you, you think he'll draw higher ownership than oh, uh than than harden oh 1900 i mean he he's gonna blow i if Giannis isn't number one owned on this slate i'll eat this piece of paper i'm looking at right now okay because well, I, I mean i'm telling you there there's another i'll, I'll chicken soup bet you on that one too um i don't know because i i mean i can see it. at the end of the day I w it wouldn't shock me um, it's, it's really going to be on the stance and that's going to, you know, greatly, uh, impact, you know, the way I'm, I'm kind of going about my business with this too, is going to be on that ownership. And once I'm starting to gauge and see where, uh, everybody else is going to be at with him, because if he is coming in there as the chalkiest player on the slate, then, um, yeah, that would, that would totally warrant just a complete kind of fade of this game in general, I think for me. Um, but until I kind of get that and figure that out, I, I right now he's, he's probably one of my top options.
All right, man. Well, let's watch that news. I, I mean, it's you can never go wrong with Giannis. He certainly has the highest floor. So fun in the to league. watch too. You just love watching him. Like when you're playing him and in, in, in DFS, and you just turn on the Bucks game, uh, it's absolutely just fun to watch him because he's it's blocking, like he's stealing. playing with middle schoolers. You know, <laughs> exactly. he's yeah. just doing everything yeah. on the court, and just you get to watch him. And within two seconds of grabbing the rebound, he's pushing the pace and dunking the ball, and then playing defense, getting a block. He just does it in so many ways where. Um, I, I, I've always been a big fan of him, uh, ever since he kind of, you know, came over and he was just, he was just a raw talent and a, a work in progress. You know, I still don't think he's as good as he can be. Oh, and, not even he, close. I think, yeah. So it's just, it's mind boggling to think if he stays healthy, what he can be just nuts. Absolutely. And, All and, right. Let's, let's get rocking here. We have two games left, a 10 PM game, Oklahoma city thunder 11 and 12. At the Sacramento Kings, ten and thirteen. What a crappy game! Finally, finally, we have a game we don't have to really talk about that much. You got the twenty-fifth and thirtieth pace teams. Yuck! And they're fourteenth and nineteenth, so middle of the pack defensively. Uh, gosh, you know, right now I see Ferguson out for Oklahoma City. Uh, Bagley's going to return for Sacramento, which muddies up all of that garbage. I'm not going to waste any time as we're close, you know, getting along on the show. I this is such a pass game for me. It's my fade game of the night. Yeah, I'm with you. There's one person in this game that does bring me interest, and it's only because you guys probably hear me mention it all the time. Uh, shooting guards against Sacramento is something I definitely always look at and always keep on Buddy. my radar. Oh, oh no, I'm sorry. I'm the oh fighter. no, Shay, Shay. Shay. He's been playing well over the past three games. We're kind of looking like that early season form, Shay. Now he's uh, one of them favorite guy yeah i love shit. oh i love i i think this kid's an amazing talent he's going to be a superstar in this league eventually um three straight games of at least 20 points actual points scored shot attempts are always there he just hasn't been able to knock anything down at a serious clip lately um it's a decent bounce back i mean i don't love the price tag i don't want to go points chasing um but for all those reasons and like i said shooting guards is something i look to play against the king so he's really the only guy that i i have on my radar right now i'm not really looking at anybody on sacramento side uh, Marvin Bagley back, expected to play. Kind of want to see how they, you know, figure out that whole front court situation between Rashawn Holmes, Belichia, him. Um, we don't really know exactly which what they're going to do. Whether they, uh, you know, originally at the beginning of the year they were playing Bagley at the four, and that's what they wanted to do. And he was starting alongside Deadman. Holmes has since just smashed the starting job out of the way. And uh, you know, if that's the case, it's going to be those two guys playing alongside of each other, and they're going to cut into each other's value. And I don't, I don't want to pay that price tag uh, just yeah. yet. Bagley's playing 30-plus minutes. If we know Bagley, if they say there's no minutes restriction on Bagley at 6,100, I would definitely have some interest in him. I think he'll be 15 to 20 minutes first game. Yeah, out. I would expect it. I mean, it was a, at the end of the day, it was a thought. I that in writing. That's just mm. my gut feel. you got to be careful, yeah. though, because like, even even like with Hayward, uh, you know, it being like you know a hand, uh, anytime yeah. it's not like a knee or a muscle or anything like that, it's, it's really a, a, a toss-up. They could really come out right. and just play. Um, he's been conditioning, he's been practicing, so it's not like he's just coming off of his couch. So it's something that we'll monitor. Um, I would expect a minutes limit as well, I'm with you, but if we see that it's not, um, I'm all for it. Just like Lowry, when Lowry came back, remember that? We jumped right on that, we were all over yeah. that. Uh, and we it was were, very similar it was situation. a thumb. It Fractured yeah. thumb, came right back, yeah. played 40 minutes. That so. very first game, nobody played him because they thought, okay, he's not going to you know, do that much. And he was 47. Now you, now you see where I'm going with this coach. So I think there's definitely a little bit of meat there. So we got to keep an eye on that. It's a smart move. And I'll tell you, 
You know, a couple of guys in this game that deserve mention, though. I, I've got to say, as much as I've dogged and Chris Paul's been playing really well. He's playing good ball, man. And I, I just – I'm amazed his whole career. You know, I, I'm telling you right now, it's hands down. It's not even close. He is the best assist-to-turnover ratio player in the history of the NBA. I mean, I, it's unreal through the years. Even at this date, uh, at his age, the other day he had nine assists, no turnovers. I mean, he just – he's you know, and when he was in his prime, you'd see those – 15 assists, you know, no turnovers. I mean, unbelievable. He's, Dude, I respect him. I mean, people forget that the NBA actually had to stop him from going to the Lakers because yeah. it would just be unfair. I mean, yeah. the, we got to remember, this guy was about to break the NBA. Our younger, the younger guys that are just getting into DFS, you know, that don't remember Paul and his heyday, man, that dude – you know, and he still can do it on a given night. You're right, man. He was worth, and, uh, what was it, Eric Gordon. Yeah, yeah. At one point when Eric Gordon was supposed to be the next big thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, he was the focal point where that uh, L.A. traded to get Paul to initially kind of jumpstart uh, their lob city over there with Blake Griffin. So, uh, yeah, uh, the, the unbelievable talent, man. He doesn't get enough credit for how good he's been throughout his career. And it's a shame. Uh, I mean, I hope he finds his way out of Oklahoma City fast. Yeah, it'd be nice if he could get somewhere where he could finish his career up in the, in the right spot and be competitive. So hope that works out. But the, the other guy I want to mention is just Buddy Hield because he's Buddy Hield when he's hot, man. Buddy Love can fill So much up. usage. He's had so much usage, Coach. Um, yeah. Bogdanovich has been sort of hurt trying to play hurt and all that. Heald has really stepped up. He's a he's always a, a nice little play if, if you can fit him. Yeah, and oh, uh, I kind of glanced over him. I've been mentioning him over the past few days. Keep your eyes on Trevor Ariza again at 4,500. I've been playing him. Um, it, and that was I, a little bit of a narrative game, though, at the Rock. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. But he played 25 minutes in the game prior yeah. and 29 in the one prior and then 35. So the minutes have been there. And, yes. I don't, and I mentioned, I don't know if it's because of Bogdanovich's injury um, or if it's just because they want to get him acclimated back into the rotation now that he's back. I mean, he was uh, a, a focal point for them at the beginning of the season. Getting him minutes was, yeah. was a priority. So I, I wouldn't be shocked to, you know, to see this continue. The Bagley thing might throw a little bit of a wrench in that. Um, I'm not too sure. He was playing a little bit of the stretch for a time, so uh, yep. we'll, we'll kind of we'll kind of have to see. So maybe uh, maybe give it the wait and see. Maybe temper it back with Bagley there. But I wanted to mention it because the minutes have been there for him in the past few games. I think that's a very sharp point, and I think Ariza's definitely needs to be on people's radar. Great, great call. All right, last game of the night, 10:30 Eastern game, the New York Knicks at 4:19. At the Golden State Warriors, five and twenty. So, a really thrilling combination of nine and thirty-nine for the records of these two. So, what a way to end the night! You've got the Knicks, the twenty-eighth pace. So, not only do they not play defense and they stink, they don't have any pace. They are like the worst DFS team ever. And I've got two of their guys in this late game that's going on right now that are probably going to determine if I really do get the banks. A Brinks truck backing up, but uh, anyway, I, uh, Golden State is 17th in pace, so they're not playing super fast either. Uh, the, the good news is neither team is good defensively. Knicks 24th, Golden State 23rd. Uh, we know that the Knicks are going to be on a second night of a back-to-back, and they're on their West Coast trip, so that could affect them a little bit. We know they have a new coach. This is his second game, so we'll see 
how that, that shakes out. Um, right now, Pascal for Golden State is questionable, so that will shift a little bit more uh, to Draymond and certainly uh, D'Angelo and, and maybe even a little uh, Robinson uh, in, in that spot too. So what do you think about the Knicks, man? Yeah, it's, uh, it's the Knicks, man. I got my wish. Uh, Fisdale, I think I wrote an article the day yeah. before I had fired. Uh, he got fired. And when I was a DFS picks article, when I got to the Knicks, I usually go by team and uh, basically who I keep in my player pool at that point in the morning. And I, I just skipped right over it. And instead of even listening to the description, I put, is Fisdale fired yet? And I got yeah. my wish, man. So the next day, go. uh, he got canned. And, you know, now that I look back on it, I know I, I take it from the outside. I know it wasn't completely his fault situation. I don't think he no. made uh, the best decisions at the end of the day. I, I think the ownership had a hand in him making some of his decisions as well. Yeah. So, uh, you know, maybe he'll get a fair shake and maybe I'll be able to give him a different, another chance on a different team. Uh, but it, it was, it was a bad situation. So, um, looking at the Knicks, my main targets, I, I've been, I've been keeping my eye on Mitchell Robinson, especially with the new coaching change, uh, yep. exactly what his role has been. Um, well, he's, you know, uh, he's dialed up for me tonight. So uh, I, yeah. bullets. I hope he's playing. <laughs> I just I, hope Gets I, the minutes. I had to go to. I had to go, even if he doesn't get the minutes, man. If he, uh, he's a dude that could just produce. I mean, yeah. he's like a poor man's Bam out of bo- uh, Bam. I mean, Hassan Whiteside. Where we're talking about a guy that could play 24, 25 minutes when he was early on in his career and just get rebounds and blocks by the boatload. So right. uh, I, I have no problem going to Robinson in this matchup. It's, it's definitely a good one. It's not the same Golden State team in the past where we have to kind of limit our, our exposure to centers against them. Uh, they play bigs now. They have to. They have no choice. They don't have any healthy bodies anymore. Um, and right. then, my, and then one of my other favorite options would probably just be uh, looking at like RJ Barrett, uh, fifty-seven hundred. I don't love the price tag, um, but there should be plenty of back and forth going on in this game. Plenty of shot attempts for him. There's nobody on the other end of the uh, other side of the ball that's really going to be able to stifle him defensively. Uh, yep. So I, I mean, those two guys, but. More or less, I think Robinson would be my primary focus. I don't think we need to overexpose ourselves to this game necessarily. Um, Julius Randle, just getting a little bit of Draymond Green defense is enough for me to say no thank you. Yeah. And uh, that's that's pretty much all I got. Uh, you know, Peyton, solid play. Uh, but it's a back-to-back. Um, you know, he was a guy that was suffering from hamstring injuries, I believe, for quite some time. Yeah. So uh, well, I, that's my other play tonight. So I don't know how that's going. You know, I I could be a a laughing stock with that play because I know Neil Aquina is still starting. You know, Smith is in there, but you know, for the listeners, yeah, they'll know. You know, by the time they hear this, I I dialed up uh, Peyton just because I thought you know he played such a great game in, in Coach Miller's first game with the Knicks. And, you know, I thought he'd go to him in the clutch. So we'll see. Hopefully he gets some minutes here. And, you know, if they're splitting minutes and they're on a back-to-back, that's even better. They'll be a little more fresh tomorrow. So we'll see how that goes. You know, you know, I don't think uh, it's different on a four-game slate. That's why I dialed a few Knicks in there. On an 11-game slate, I'm not going to dial any Knicks in there, especially on a back-to-back. On the Golden State side, you know, I'd love to be able to say I, I want to play D'Angelo Russell, but I'm not exactly sure if Kerr is really playing his guys enough minutes to make them relative because he really doesn't care if they win or lose. I think D'Angelo would be a fantastic play if I knew he was going to play a bunch of minutes, and I still may use him. Um, 
you know, I know he's a little pricey, but, you know, he could easily throw 50 fantasy points up without even blinking against the Knicks. So, you know, he's in play. I mean, I wouldn't, uh, you know, I wouldn't fault you for wanting to get some value in this game with a Robinson or Bowman or somebody like that. Uh, you know, there will be some usage of Pascal uh, sitting that will, uh, if you know, if he, if he sits, he's questionable, uh, you know, to go around as well. So other than that, I, you know, certainly not a game. I don't think anybody's going to focus on, but uh, man, it'd be nice to be able to fit D'Angelo in there and then wait for that late night hammer game and see if he can get it done. So I may do that. I don't mind Russell. Um, you know, seeing that he got his minutes back up to 34 in the last one, definitely uh, piques my interest. Uh, but when push comes to shove at the same price tag, would you rather play Russell or Levine? Wow, that's a tough one, man. I mean, that's that's sort of dead even. I mean, I I think they're both both in play. I'd like to try, you know, my medium build lineup. Maybe I can fit both of them. And if not, you know, throw in a couple of GPPs and pivot. Yeah. Maybe yeah. just do the the quick one over one swap. Um, I mean, I think I think at this point, uh, Levine's floor is probably a little bit safer, especially in the matchup against uh, Atlanta. And I think yeah. Russell still just with all that usage still floating around. If Pascal sits, um, if he wants to, he can go out there and just chuck twenty four shots, twenty five shots, and no one's going to bat an eye. And he might do it. Yeah, he yeah, very so. well may do it. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't mind dialing them both up. I mean, I'm you know, it depends on your build. You know, if if it seems like we've sort of suggested fading a lot of the superstars on this slate for the most part. So I think, you know, with an 11 game slate, it just seems like a perfect scenario to not have to, you know, now if there's some, some serious value that opens up, then, you know, then that changes things slightly. But as of right now, I think that, you know, that strategy of, of, you know, just getting the, the really solid, you know, solid floor players that you know are going to do well, that you're not going to have to take a 15-point outing from somebody, you know, and wish them in. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes, see how the news unfolds tomorrow. Uh, you know, it's, it's going to be a fun slate, that's for sure. All right, man. Well, uh, I think we should probably wrap. I mean, I think we just recorded a small movie. Um, I know. I, I mean, we, it's like an hour and 45-minute <laughs> show, but – you know what we like? I say we're here for the people. We Absolutely. want uh, we want to drive home some winners. We were making up for lost time because we haven't done a show for a week. So there you go. Ah oh, man, I've been waiting. I've been holding that beret thing in for a while, man. Oh, burst at the seams. That really sucks. But uh, we yeah. have, so we have what uh, two chicken suit challenges tonight? So we can't forget them this time. Biombo, what's the other one? Because I forgot it already. It's. Uh, Biombo over under 25 minutes. Oh, 20. Uh, no, 20. It was 24 points. 20, 20, 20, 24 points. Listeners, when you hear this, tweet at us. Make sure I that we know. 24 minutes played. Let's go back. and we'll, we'll, oh, we'll, you're, Now you're cheating on top of it. Let's go back. Let's go back and let the listeners uh, know. Not I'm gonna, 24 I, real points. 24. No, 24 fantasy points. 24 DFS. like uh, draft okay. DFS points. Because if, if he's getting 24 minutes, I'm on board at 3,700. 20, 24 draft Kings fantasy points in tomorrow's game. The other one was – it was early on. How, how that was the, no, that was the first one. I think we only made one. That was the first one that we made. 
I thought we had a second one. You're getting old, Coach. You're getting old, man. <laughs> I thought we had – didn't we have two guys that we, we – uh, oh, you were going to challenge me on Shabazz, was it? Yeah, it was, uh, you found you found somebody, and I, I, I never ended up uh, you know, finding okay. somebody. You didn't accept go this challenge. Them. Okay, all right. We'll stick with Biombo. I'll take fair. the five four lead. No worries. I have been here. Right, we'll see, Coach. I've been slowly creeping. I think I should. Karma's going to work because somebody's going to come back out and you know tweet at us and let us know that the other oh. bet I smoked you in the other day, and then I'll have the five four lead. It'll turn into a six four. All of a sudden, just, I'm running away with this. Listeners, just kindly forget that other one. And let's just move on and get some winners, and let's keep if, it If going. anybody does remember that, and the first person that can get that information, and it's only if I strictly won that bet, by the way. If you if you come and tweet at me and coach and tell me that coach won, uh, this does not apply <laughs> to you anymore. Yes, you will win. <laughs> I will send a prize. I'll send Kona. I'll find something. Kona coffee to you. I'll find something <laughs> for whoever could do that for us, whether it's, you know, we just jumping in your DMs for uh, a full night, and we'll just construct our lineups together up until lock. Uh, whatever it might be, we'll do something fun. But uh, try to get oh back to us God. with that. Well, I think this is officially like our longest podcast ever. I think we even beat our preseason games where we were going over all the teams. We've we've just we've dissected this game, these games throughout. We had some some really good constructive criticism come in saying, you know, go over all the value plays, give us more options well heck man we've talked about just about everybody so i'm hoping that you can use this knowledge tonight that we've shared to build some really winning lineups absolutely absolutely and and, you know shout out to uh daniel daniel that's uh you know he he came at me and he told me on twitter uh this is kind of what i want to hear a little bit more of i i kind of i i trust you guys i'm a faithful listener um, just give it some good feedback and some, you know, constructive criticism. Now, like I've always said, I'm all for it. If you're if you're looking just to give your opinion, let us know what you want us to do a little bit differently, or what you think we could spend a little bit more time on, or less time on, whatever it may be. Uh, we're all ears, guys. We just want to be able to produce the best show for you guys. You know, turn you guys into winners and all go home with money in our pockets at the end of the day. So uh, I appreciate the feedback, man. It's and, and keep it coming. Um, I I love it. Thank you, uh, Mike. Did I forget to tell you that I have a burner Twitter account where I'm Daniel? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I would have doubted, Coach. You definitely got at least a, a couple burners in there. Uh, you know, I take shots at you all the time. You probably, go, you probably use those to go at, like, Joe Ingles. How was that? Get, seeing uh, that after you, you jumped know, off the train and getting that big game man. out of him? <laughs> He went 7x last night, that bastard. Uh, I've been on him. I, I, listen, that was a fluke. The one game, the bad game was the fluke. Uh, Joe oh, Ingles was a stud God. last season. I hate jingles for the rest of the year. It's, it's that simple. All right, man. We have busted. Now, we've almost gone all the way up until lock for tomorrow's shows or tomorrow's game. Yeah, get but... us out of here, Coach. What are we doing? There's right, more people. Dude. Awesome, man. Well, crush it tomorrow, guys. Thank you so much for joining us for this long 11-game Hoopball NBA DFS show. For my man, Mike Apatria, and for our other pros, Andrew and Miles, I am Coach. We will catch you again tomorrow. I think it's already tomorrow as we look to crush it in the NBA DFS. Good luck, guys. This has been a Hoopball presentation.